So one of my favorite things about Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, Diddy's Conquest, is that the actual title of the game is a triple entendre. Because you've Donkey Kong Country 2, obviously, but then you've Diddy's Conquest. So what that signals in my mind, obviously what they're going for is Diddy's Conquest, as in he's on a quest for Kong, because obviously Donkey Kong has been kidnapped, so it's he's on a quest to find Kong, and his name's Diddy, so it's his Kong quest. Also, it can be read as his conquest, as in one word, because Diddy's on a conquest, right? <laughs> but then also, um, it can also be read as Diddy's full name, because it's Diddy Kong's quest diddy kong is on a quest so it's like a triple entendre and you haven't even fucking put the game in your system yet i will uh refute that somewhat uh because the name of the game is diddy kong's quest yeah i know but when but like if you place the s in in different places you get yeah, if you entendre, spell it like totally differently <laughs> well no i mean as in like if you're talking to someone like if i mention oh it's diddy kong's quest diddy's oh. conquest diddy kong's quest you know diddy's conquest as in like when you're saying it to other, and i've watched like people play it and heard and i've talked to people about it and they they often get the name wrong a lot of people say it's diddy diddy kong's quest that's usually the, but the most common you can't confuse people being stupid with developer intentions but that definitely is developer <laughs> intentions because like it's such a unique way of like there's so many opportunities there for the pun that i feel that it was impossible for them not to think that you know if I anyone just who, was, uh, it... who was working at Rare in the mid-90s is listening, uh, please get in touch and feel free to clear this up. <laughs> please get in touch at our email, 3beansaladsociety at gmail.com. Ah, you uh, said it! Oh, what did I say? You said Brown Atkinson's character's name. Oh, yeah. Earlier, before we start recording, I said, <laughs> Hello and welcome to a 3 Bean Salad. I'm Rob. <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Butch. Before we start recording, I said, first one to say Rowan Atkins' character name, it... And then I didn't say anymore. Um, so <laughs> I guess I'm... Uh, something. Something has happened. Um, uh, the, uh, the, if you, uh, this On this podcast, we watch Bean. Uh, 97. Every third week for a year. That's the only movie we watch. And the only movie we talk <laughs> That's about. That's the only the movie we watch every third week. Yeah, yeah. Every third week, we watch one movie. Um, the other two weeks are our week off so that we can watch whatever we want. I know usually um, some of us decide to watch the other Bean movies and, and talk about them. But this is the only one we're actually, like, obligated to talk about. And the only one we like talking about. I Well, I mean, you know, maybe not okay. all of Look, us. Look, I like I, talking I, I, I... about all of these movies because I'm talking no, you don't. with my That's buddies. Not true. That's not true. No, no, oh, I okay. don't like watching the movies, but I like talking about them with my buddies. Well, you know That's what? Very That's very fair. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like that. I like that. I agree. I'm gonna be honest with you, um, I like this one. What um, week? We're on week twenty-five now. Is that right? Yes, Which the twenty-fifth anniversary. I think means that, like, either this week or next week, we're halfway through. Maybe halfway through this episode or halfway through next episode. I think ne- next episode will be exactly at the midway point of uh, a fifty-two-week year. But I'm not sure if, uh, you know, given that there are going to be 53 episodes this season. Yeah, you know, we're pretty much almost at the halfway point. We'll just say uh, after next episode, we're over halfway. Uh, yeah. 
Well, currently we're on our 25th anniversary of starting this podcast, and it's been a, it's been a <laughs> lovely 25 years of uh, watching B97. Um, we're, I'm trying something new this week. I have the movie playing uh, while recording, so you better bet that I'm going to uh, t- be uh, be stumbling over words and talking very slowly as I get engrossed in my favorite movie. Um, <laughs> but this week we actually all watched the movie. Um, so unlike every uh, other week. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what do you guys think? Brilliant. You know, it's still fucking stellar. I watched it uh, really hungover in bed this morning, uh, and I watched the extended, extended version uh, put together <laughs> by our very, our very own Butch, uh, which includes both turkey scenes. <laughs> what well. order are they in? Um, the first one is the international version, and then the night yeah. after when the, when the Grierson's come back, it's uh, the American version. I edited the international one. I spliced it right between the scene of David asking Bean, is there something else you'd like to do in LA? And right between that and them going to Pacific Park. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, one night after the other. It was kind of weird because I was, uh, like I said, I was watching in bed, quite hungover, lying down, and I was kind of, I was a bit dozy. Like I watched it quite early this morning. And I kind of, like, fell asleep just after the first turkey scene for, like, a, for like a minute or two. I woke up again, and I was like, wait, didn't I just watch the turkey scene? <laughs> the second one. Oh, by the way, um, half of a guest here today, he, he is sat next to me watching B97 on his phone, I think. Uh, <laughs> on his fucking Ladies telephone. and gentlemen, Mr. Gavin Lawless. Woo! Hi, I'm watching a terrible version on Daily Motion, and the colors are terrible, and they're treating Bernice like shit. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you have it, folks. So, uh, shall we dive straight into our notes? Because I've got quite a bit to get into. I have only got three notes, but I think I could talk about them uh, quite a bit. So, well, sorry, in my in my version in the in in Bean ninety seven. Um, Walter Merchandise Brothers just after unveiling Whistler's uh, sister and Bernice is after doing her face. <laughs> Wait, she's trying on the she's trying on the Whistler's mother glasses now. Oh, she's so uh, cute. Classic. I like that he is just canonically Walter's brother. Now. <laughs> he is Spencer. Spencer <laughs> Merchandise. Zero evidence to suggest that. Uh, except the second name being Merchandise. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, you got me there. Except for the fact that that's not Walter's second name. <laughs> um, Spencer just gave Bernice a very dirty look when she tried on the glasses. Spencer, you bitch. Spencer is a bitch. Notes. I've got lots and lots of notes. Some are interesting. Some very much aren't. But look, we're gonna get through them one way or another. First things first. Uh, the the line. There's a line that the chairman delivers to Lord Walton, where he says, "You can have my resignation if you go anywhere near Bean." Uh, <laughs> and I just took note that in the fi- in the theatrical version, anyway, uh, we never see Lord Walton and Bean in the same room, so oh. he literally doesn't go anywhere near him. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He kept his side of the bargain. Now, I, I also took an, I also took another note during the whole uh, uh, boardroom scene, 
where there is... It's, it's as Lord Walton is saying that he wants Bean to go to America. He's saying, I have therefore recommended for the position and the three-month sabbatical that goes with it. And then it cuts to Rosenblum and Cutler, who are just looking at each other kind of smugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, right when he announces Mr. Bean, they kind of initially look at him kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never noticed before. <laughs> I I noticed something in the, the boardroom scene. In fact, it's in my, my first note. Um, so when uh, the the chairman comes in, yeah, obviously they have uh, the receptionist who's uh, your one from fucking EastEnders, yeah. Carnation Who Street. Who gets strangled in the deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, her. You know, she she's like, you know, the receptionist and she's like, oh, the chairman's just arrived. She brings in all the tea and biscuits and stuff. Yeah. But uh, when the chairman enters the room, there's a woman standing behind him in the doorway and she closes the door after him. And it's not the receptionist. It's just this unnamed female character that just, like, closes the door behind the boardman that I had never noticed before. Another like, ghost. Yeah, another g- fucking gallery ghost, but this time in England. It's fucking... Could it be I... the same gallery ghost that's <laughs> at the board meeting in America? But here's the thing as well. I think she doubles up as uh, one of the flight attendants later on in the film. She's the one that... um. She's the the blonde lady that uh, tells Bean that he's in first class. Is it possible? Is it possible that the gallery sent her along to make sure that Bean gets out of the country okay? (laughs) (laughs) To make sure the plane doesn't, like, turn around. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, that's all I've got in the boardroom. I have some notes on the airport scene. Um, Do tell. So there is a well, well, not really like foreshadowing to holiday. More like in holiday, there's a reference to the airport scene um, in B ninety seven that I never noticed before. So you know the way in holiday when he gets off the train, he's sitting with uh, Stephen Soderbergh, and uh, he starts like <laughs> doing the thing with his legs where he kind of keeps crossing them back and forth over and over and over. Yeah, and that's yeah. actually like something from the show as well. There's one of the episodes of the show where he's like sitting down somewhere, he just keeps like crossing his legs back and forth over and over because he's like bored or like trying to. I can't remember what episode it is. Um, in the airport scene when Bean is like hiding behind your man that got the sick all over him, you know, when they're on the the flat escalator, I don't know what to call them. Um, the the travelator, travelator, yeah, <laughs> treadmill, <laughs> kind of a treadmill. <laughs> um, there's a man now quite blurry and in the background and half obscured by a wall, but there's a man in the back that is constantly for the entire duration of him being slightly on screen is putting his legs back and forth over each other like over one another um oh so i mean you know obviously um mel smith decided that like to you know never leave every frame a painting you know never leave any part (laughs) of the frame you know idle so uh, and then naturally when um uh steve bendelak was uh, making holiday he decided oh well, well pay homage to that um, also, James Woods is in the airport. <laughs> Where is James Woods in the airport? Okay, and I mean, I can confirm this because I rewatched a scene from Videodrome this morning. Um, <laughs> uh, so when uh, <laughs> J.K. Simmons is holding up being <laughs> at gunpoint, uh, there are two other officers beside him. Um, there are two nondescript extras and then James Woods. Uh, now, James Woods has very much let himself go. 
Um, <laughs> and he doesn't seem as tall as he does in other movies. But it's definitely him. Oh, I okay. actually, I have two notes on the airport. Actually, now that I think about it, just I didn't write them down, but I thought them while watching it. We always seem to have it. so much about the airport. It's just a breeding <laughs> yeah. ground for cameos and. <laughs> like the, I mean, first of all, was uh, when the when all the cops chase Bean down the travelator as they're coming off the travelator and they run through that group of um, Chinese students. Mm. Fucking um, J.K. Simmons tackles one of them to the ground. <laughs> I never noticed it before. He, well, not so much tackle, but he really shoves them, and the kid falls over. Like <laughs> Jesus. But also, it never occurred to me. <laughs> reference and, like, to the police brutality in Top Funny Comedian, perhaps. I mean, perhaps you know, very, very could be. Uh, it could be foreshadowing. But on top of that, it never really occurred to me that, you know, when Bean is surrounded by all those cops, they all cock their guns, as in, like, they are prepared to shoot him. Like, they're, they're like, ready to end his fucking life. That's why they get everyone to get on the ground. And I guess the severity of that never kind of occurred to me. Like they're... You brought up, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, something foreshadowing a scene in Holiday. I actually have uh, something foreshadowing a scene from Holiday here as well. It's a uh just after he's destroyed Whistler's mother and David's trying to get back into the painting room so he locks the door and then shoves a plant in front of it but then it turns out there's another door that's unlocked just like the projection room in Holiday. Ah. Of course, of course. I've just realised I I forgot one more airport based... Well, it's it's more airplane-based thing. Actually, two airplane-based things because obviously in the extended cut there's the... You know, hilarious scene where Bean falls asleep and it looks like he is performing oral sex on a sleeping man. That's the joke in that scene. Um, but the fucking slobbering sounds he makes. His reaction is very funny, though. I re- like just that. Just like the thought of Bean just sleeping like that. Uh, just making those noises and stuff is horrible but also i realized that the way that he falls asleep like almost instantaneously when he puts on the mask is kind of similar to the way that he puts teddy to sleep (laughs) just really suddenly like drop of the head and (laughs) Uh, (laughs) speaking (laughs) speaking of being going to sleep i actually have another note here uh from before the boardroom scene it's as bean is falling asleep in uh in the gallery uh just at his post you know, in, he falls asleep like in his chair and then slumps over and falls onto the ground. <laughs> that is a callback to the TV series episode. I think episode one of the TV series there's a uh, sketch where he is in a church and at one point he falls asleep, almost oh, exactly like that. You're you know, dead. Slumps right. over onto the ground. You know, almost fetal position. <laughs> so. Um, and one last airplane note. Uh, when. <laughs> First of all, uh, it's to do with the the man that ends up sitting in front of him, the guy that he falls asleep on. Uh, wh- when Bean goes to pop the packet of M and M's over the guy, I'm pretty sure there's still M and M's in there. So like he was fully prepared to like bombard this man with sweets. But also, when Bean takes the bag of puke off that child, <laughs> off Timmy Puker. <laughs> Timmy Puker Jr. <laughs> he kind of he holds the bag to his face and kind of licks his lips. <laughs> so the note that I the note that I took in my half sleepy state for that was: Does Bean like puke? 
Because, <laughs> like, he, like, he proper licks his lips. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think I thought that. I think I thought too much of it. Maybe that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> I think we fought too much of these films. Now that we're saying it out loud, uh, <laughs> in the in the American boardroom, um, I know we've talked endlessly about how fucking weird the layout is. But one thing I noticed this, well, not that I I hadn't noticed it before, but I just never really thought of the logistics of this. This is like a a public boardroom, right, that they're all in. There's like an an unwalled, like, office at the front of it that's staring out, like, an immensely bright window um, that's just kind of beside i don't know i've never seen a boardroom that has like an office without any privacy (laughs) within the boardroom it's very odd (laughs) like is that is that where mr grierson like does his like is that his office and then when he wants people in he just like turns around in a swivel chair or like (laughs) (laughs) it's very modern art (laughs) the whole gallery is such a fucking mess in terms of layout like it actually kind of infuriates me and i get that it's not an actual gallery as pointed out to us by uh jordana it's like a it's a just like a, a gaff or something wasn't it i think she found the actual building yeah, she, and just... uh, our, our guest from last viewing jordana found uh the actual uh the, the building that was used for the gallery and it is just a house Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that the interiors and the exteriors were shot separately Uh, Yeah, but the fact that it is just a house explains why the geometry and the the layout of the place is so fucking strange. To be honest, no, that that makes that makes it even more confusing. I can't imagine a house looking like that. Like it's <laughs> And also like even in universe, uh let's let's just imagine the interiors and the exterior is actually all the same place. Why is it so industrial and mechanical? Like you're outside and it's like, oh, like pretty color like saturated colors and like on an odd like um, I don't know, like it's just odd infrastructure, and then you walk inside. And it's just like these cold metal hallways and like these big fucking grey <laughs> metal doors, and like it looks like it's you're in a fucking prison. Artistic statement, man. <laughs> it's a prison. <laughs> and then also, like, it's just so weird to think like where, what part is the gallery and what part is like the staff bit? Because I mean, every hallway looks the same. They're all just big grey and metal. Um, like the re- which is a reference to Monsieur Hulot's film Playtime. Duh. <laughs> Can't comment. Haven't seen it. Well, it makes sense. I'm willing to buy that. Yeah, I'll buy. I'll buy. I'll buy into that for sure. <laughs> now, getting on to more of my notes. Speaking of art, uh, you Jack has mentioned in previous weeks Whistler being an advocate of art for art's sake I just thought it worth mentioning there is a song listed in the credits that is simply called art for art's sake uh, no way really yep yeah. uh, I'm just rapid firing for some of my shorter notes being eating the M&M covered in like ethanol or rubbing alcohol or whatever it is shows just how far gone he is as an alcoholic uh, <laughs> <laughs> that made yeah, that made the M&M like way oh, more tastier for him. 
That's um another another point where I kind of dozed off for a bit and woke up was literally as as Bean leans in from like Brutus's point of view in the operating <laughs> theater. I felt I felt very I felt very involved in the film at that point because I was like, oh shit, I'm Brutus. <laughs> now, uh, there's this is something that's uh, that that I'm gonna require Jack's input especially on. Uh, now the guard who being poisoned with laxatives. Sorry. For those lax for those I'm just la- sorry, I'm the captain is showing me a close up of Mr. Grayson when he's in David's house and he looks dead. <laughs> sorry, it just caught me off guard. <laughs> Thank you, Gavin. So as I was saying, saying uh, the guard who being poisoned with the laxatives. Now I'm thinking, for those laxatives to take effect that quickly, he'd need to be guzzling that coffee down. <laughs> I think you can see oh, where I'm no. going with this. I see where is, you're going with this. Is the guard coffee guy from Sex and the City two? <laughs> he must be, because he does knock it back once he gets back to his post. Like he just chugs it. That's like. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I won't have references I don't understand on this podcast. <laughs> okay, Rob. In Sex and the City two, there is a scene where the four main characters are in a cafe. Yeah. Uh, you know, having some brunch. Of course. And in the uh, sat behind, I believe Kim Cattrall, uh, also known as Samantha, in universe. Uh, <laughs> sat behind her is a man. With a cup of coffee in front of him. And it's like whatever way they edited it, it basically shows him chugging three <laughs> coffees, like literally knocking them back. Every time it cuts back to Kim Cattrall, he's chugging another fucking coffee. <laughs> yeah, over the course of like 10 seconds, and then he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the security guard is, uh, you know, at the very least, he might be a relative, you know? So they are in maybe, the same universe. Maybe that's where he was going and what he was off to. He had to go and guard Whistler's mother that day. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if there's any more links of between the Sex and the City and Mr. Bean universe. Dear God, I hope not. Speaking of laxatives, uh, this is a question I posed to uh, the room I was watching. If I watched this with my, my good friends Kit and Anna, so shout out to you two. And Mrs. H is kind of in the background for some of this viewing. Can you overdose on laxatives? Oh. Like, can you potentially take a lethal dose? See, Mrs. I... H said yes. See, I think, I wonder... I have two possibilities in mind, and I'll start off by saying, yes, I think you can overdose. I think one possibility is maybe that kind of stress on your rectum could cause you to prolapse, which is really dangerous. Um, But two, I reckon you could die of maybe dehydration. Honestly, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're I mean, expelling it's the that much of fluid, like drinking two liters of soy sauce in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it I feel is. I feel really sorry for Coffee Guard that he it, it that he he's so fucking ill that he goes to the hospital and they just send him to the toilet. <laughs> I mean, I've I've looked it up. If you guys want to know. <laughs> I do. Oh, do tell, do tell. 
serious side effects include dehydration and or abnormal levels of electrolytes in the blood that can lead to serious complications including kidney damage and sometimes death. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So Bean um, might have killed that man. Well, I mean, we don't see him after he goes to the bathroom another time. Like, I mean, you know, he has been where... shitting for like at least twelve hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor, oh my god, poor coffee guard. Uh, he didn't even have time to go home and change. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Next note is Bean's weird clap. Weird clap. Uh, <laughs> there's. It's during. The, I mean, he probably claps at other points in the film, but the point where I noticed it is was... the unveiling? The unveiling. The way yeah. that he claps is so odd. <laughs> it's like he fucking... I don't know how to describe it with words, but it's like most people would clap sort of like horizontally is how I'll put it. Uh, Bean doesn't. He not only does he clap vertically, but he switches the position of the hands between each clap. <laughs> so it's like left hand coming down on right hand, right hand coming down on left hand. It's just so awkward. I don't know how it never fucking. I it never struck me before. It is very weird. I think it's one of those things that it's kind of such a part of the film that I like I, I remember I really specifically remember like one of the first times watching this film being like <laughs> he's doing a silly clap and then obviously over time like I you know stop paying attention yeah. I'm just like oh he's clapping oh he's clapping yeah, that's just wait mean. yeah that is a really weird clap <laughs> like <laughs> it is very strange yeah um moving on bean is anti-litter I came to the conclusion uh during the <laughs> the bathroom scene uh, after he gets the two bits of towel and tries to wipe himself down, uh, he takes the time to throw them in the bin before he moves on to the hand dryer. So, oh, like, fair, fair play, play to him. We did, um, we did surmise uh, in a much, much earlier episode that Bean is uh, extreme, like, anti-climate change. Um, I can't remember yeah, our... Zero Waste King. Yeah, I can't, I can't really remember any of our reasoning, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was the eggs! Scrambled oh, eggs. it was oh, the yeah, eggs. Yeah. There... Zero waste yeah, yeah. queen. Like, um, also in the when he's in the police station after the ride of doom, there is like framed posters that say wanted, and then a bunch of like literally like fifty mugshots per poster. Yeah, um, I've noticed that before. Is that real? Like, or not real as like real life, but like, is that like supposed to be like, oh, these are actually like, wanted people because their faces are fucking tiny and there's like 50 <laughs> of them per poster. Like, if it's real, then that just says to me that the fucking Los Angeles police are just horrible at their jobs. Um, well, what do you expect? There's only one of them. Yeah, well, I mean, he could do fucking better. If there's only one, then that he's surely got means a he's lot enough. on his plate. Well, it's, it's beans in town. <laughs> it's taking up a lot of time. Rob, he doesn't he's, have he's, time. <laughs> Rob, he's taking down entire gangs armed with AK-47s alone. Exactly, which means he's more than man for the job. So, I mean, if you know, that's what's making me think that these are just decoration. But that seems very tasteless to decorate the room with mugshots. <laughs> it's like oh check out my new poster <laughs> um yeah it, it will be a bit tasteless like yeah that. so i don't really i don't support it either way can we talk about nosy bonk no can we talk about oh, the fucking God. um the floaty that is in uh davis house go on there's a there's a translucent there's a translucent like um pool noodle 
um, in his home that that's, has loads of eyes painted on it. Have you guys not noticed this? No. I noticed it. No. I noticed it when I watched it this morning, and I'm just back at David's house now, and uh, when Mr. Grayson's over, and I've just seen it again, and it's so weird. I need like translucent pool noodle. Yeah, yeah. It's like it looks like a floaty, but like it's in the shape of a pool noodle, and there's like eyes on it, like loads of eyes. Sorry, I'm still just laughing at translucent pool noodle. <laughs> That's the title for the episode, Translucent Pool Noodle. <laughs> yeah. Can I just point out that the placement of the stereo is very odd on David's little little yeah. table there. Mm. It's like sort of like half hanging off the table. It's just it just doesn't very precarious. Just, it is very precarious. What it I just, was thinking is that great. what I was thinking that when they um when he like ejects the swan thing and it breaks the thing that that wasn't two like separate scenes that was like all one that they wanted to do in like you know one take and have multiple cameras around it wanted to actually work so they tried it a few times but like the accuracy was kind of off so they had to place the stereo in a really particular like position <laughs> because you know Mel Smith is like so indebted to realism he needs like Damn straight. Uh, yeah I have a note on um the house as well so Okay, obviously, in the actual theatrical release, we see Bean get fucking, you know, interrogated at the airport and all that stuff. And then it it just cuts straight to him in the Langley household. But in the deleted scenes and the butch cut, he actually arrives at the house using a taxi without the family. And the family arrive later and there's a few near misses, all that kind of crack. Yeah. In either one of those, in in both of those scenarios, regardless, Bean's introduction to the Langley family is really strange. Because if you think of, you know, the theatrical universe, we'll say, where they pick him up at the airport and they take him home after he gets arrested. Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of led to believe that maybe they just don't talk in the car all the way home because the first thing David says when they're sat in the living room and Bean's on one couch and the family are on the other and David's stood behind the couch with his family, he's like, this is Jennifer, this is Kevin, this is my wife, uh, oh fuck, what's his wife's name? Allison. 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 We named an sorry, Allison after her. dare you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I nearly said Pamela, but that's the actor's name. <laughs> we named um, an album after her. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Um, but, like, it's so weird. It's like, what? wait, you're only telling this man your family's names now? Wouldn't that be the sort of thing you'd say when you first meet someone? Like, say, when you're picking them up from the airport? Well, I know this would be mixing and matching um, scenes from the theatrical and the, like, uh, the deleted scenes. But Stingo was there in the deleted scenes. So what if he... What if Stingo brought Jennifer and Kevin home and then Allison and David just kind of had the awkward ride home with, with Bean, you know? Autumn, well, motorbike, t- total family rule. Wait, what, yeah, if, what, what if they I'd, have I'd, two cars? What if they came in two cars? David came straight from work and then Allison. I mean, the they kids. do have two cars. We know that for a fact because Allison drives off and then it immediately cuts to Bean and David driving to Pacific Park. Yeah, so I mean, mm. probably they came in two cars. I'd say David came straight from work and then um, uh, Allison and the the kids came in a separate car and then Bean was taking too long and they were in the he was in the 
police station. So, you know, David was like, all right, I probably should handle this. You guys go home, you know. Um, and then Allison finally gets a bit of shred of respect for him. He's like, well, my husband, you know, is finally taking charge. And then he brings back Bean. And then she leaves him. Well, she leaves him, yeah. She was probably going to leave him anyway. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about Nosy Bunk? No. So when they're talking, when they're like, <laughs> uh, like getting to know Bean for the first time, and she's like saying like, oh, like, you know, or, or David is like, oh, there's Kevin. And uh, do you think like that's like last thing at night then? See, it's hard to tell because like the, yeah, you it don't seems... really see outside. Because like, I mean, they literally... much they literally could have just came straight back in the car and then instantly started like talking and like David's house is so fucking bright like even when Mr. Grierson's over like it's still so bright yeah it's super saturated and weird also there uh, yeah. there's a spotlight in David's shower <laughs> because the shower <laughs> just has this heavenly white glow within it that like isn't anywhere else uh, like in the bathroom the bathroom is just real flat lit but like the the actually no it's not all the light is coming from the windows because you can see the blinds on the wall but the actual shower seems to have some sort of spotlight in the fog <laughs> i actually have a really interesting note about the shower scene uh so mr nosy bonk is a character from a 70s children's <laughs> tv series called jigsaw jack you were uh, about to who... say something about the about them meeting um being there so um, it's uh it's it's a it's and he's something of a notorious character. I think uh, Charlie Brooker, famous for writing, uh, famous these days for writing Black Mirror, uh, he described him as a leering death masked figure, uh, and he's he's a character from a children's TV show. Like I said, and he's meant to be he's meant to be amusing, and he's absolutely terrifying looking. He's uh, as Brooker said, he's got like a white face mask, uh, completely like devoid of emotion and a really long fuck off nose. But <laughs> I pointed this out uh, as after the mic stopped recording last week. But he looks uncannily like what Bean draws on Whistler's mother. <laughs> so. Uh, if any of you have obviously seen Bean, uh, feel free to Google Mr. Nosybonk if you don't mind a few nightmares, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you'll see what I mean. Does Gavin have anything he wants to add? Gavin, do you have anything you want to add in here? Um, yeah, what was I just thinking there? I was just <laughs> thinking that, like, the shower scene was just on, and after they hang up the phone, they just close the shower door and continue showering. <laughs> 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 they're like all right it's it's not ideal but you know we'll work with what we have <laughs> like we can't go see whistler's mother while we're dirty also timmy puker jr looks like he's literally about to fucking die like that kid is dead <laughs> like have you seen him that kid is like literally about to fucking die which kid <laughs> timmy puker jr <laughs> do you want a pair of headphones gavin do you, do you want to come in for the second half of the episode <laughs> oh no what, That's what, all right. What's going on? Uh, Gavin's phone's about to die, and he's not sure he's going to be able to finish being. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's just taking screenshots. Of <laughs> Put it on four times speed. Put it on four times speed, Gavin. You'll make it to the end. It's all right. <laughs> so this film is basically a big LGBT coming out story. It's, uh, it's about, you know, being represents David's 
uh, sort of homosexual urges, and that's the reason why Alison is, like, thinking of leaving him, because she realizes that her husband is gay, and she's not sure that she can uh, accept that. Or uh, and she's not she sure feels inspired by him, and she's like, oh, I'm finally going to reunite with my childhood sweetheart, Bernice. Bernice, <laughs> yes, uh, her mother. Uh, so, uh, but then by the end of the film, Allison's like, "Look, you're my husband. We might not, you know, be, be of the same sexuality, but you know, I it doesn't mean we can't kind of, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't mean we can't love each other, and we got a family to raise." And she accepts it. You know, it's a big metaphor shown by her coming to accept Bean after all the strife that. He's, he's put them through. Bean is the homosexual urges. Bean is the reason why Allison leaves. You know, it's it's all a big coming out story about LGBT acceptance. And I think it's really quite beautiful. You know, it's just occurred to me as well. The last scene with Bean and David when they're saying goodbye at the airport. They There's all those uh, colors on the, on the uh, doorway to the terminal that, you know, and so, some might say Rainbow it resembles flag, a... Yeah, it might might resemble a pride flag, and uh, yep. you know they 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 reconcile their differences and they 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 have a big hug. Oh, I, think it's, I, think I also uh, I also have yeah. one more further bit of evidence here, which is that uh, directly after the shower scene, where it's kind of ambiguous what happens there between Bean and David after the scene cuts, it cuts to them in the car. Bean has a cigarette lighter up the nose, which is is very penetrative imagery there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like, oh, he's obviously just after finishing a cigarette, and he's like, so how was that for you? And uh, <laughs> I mean, you could have... also look at it that way. But They're just I having pillow talk like, in the uh... car. <laughs> have we talked about how the security guard uh, at the Grierson Gallery looked a little bit like a very young Willem Dafoe? Oh. It's Carson Clay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he hates Bean later on. <laughs> That's why he's got such big gorilla energy. He's constantly trying to shit. <laughs> but like just the security guard in in B ninety seven, like he has that same kind of like I don't know that kind of like unique... gorilla energy. He's yeah. got the energy to kick a door off its hinges. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. easy. But like he just does quite look like him. I urge you two to both look at him after because he's uh. That's <laughs> that's real ape shit, you know. Just <laughs> real ape shit. Is nobody gonna talk about the zig and zag reference? <laughs> I mean, start us off, baby. Well, you two are 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 both Irish fellows, so I like presume you are at least tangentially aware of the Irish children's characters of Zig and Zag. Of yes, of course. Uh, for our international listeners or just Irish listeners uh, who were born in the wrong generation, uh, Zig and Zag were characters on a now sadly uh, ended uh, block of programming on Irish television called The Den. Uh, the last good they thing were... RT ever did. Damn straight. And they they killed it off almost a decade ago now. Uh, but Zig and Zag were two basically hand puppets. They were they were aliens and they were oh, they were very cheeky for Irish television in the in the late eighties. They'd say oh, things like gotcha. loins and bottom and oh it was it was risque. <laughs> he was uh, he was Ireland's they... uh, George Carlin. <laughs> they were Ireland's George Carlin, in a way. Uh, but they were very popular children's characters, something of an Irish institution yeah, for yeah. people of a certain age. Uh, but 
I bring them up only because it is established, I think, from their very first appearance that they come from a planet called Zog. <laughs> and as we hear in this film, when the 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 when Allison finds David and Bean coming home drunk, she goes, "What do I get? A drunk and his friend from the planet Zog." <laughs> and then Bean looks behind him. Why? Because he's looking for Zig and Zag. <laughs> That's why he looks over twice. He looks over both shoulders. Exactly. <laughs> I should also point out that this is the second of at least three times that Bean is referred to as an alien. There's Allison says, you know, there are Martians that have been exiled from Mars for looking weird that look weirder that look less weird than this guy. And then in just the scene after uh, the planet Zog, uh, Kevin comes in and as he leaves, he goes, "See you around, Moon Man." Oh, that's so cool! Though. That's so cool. He's can we? I feel like we've said it a lot, but seriously, the little dude playing Kevin. Like, for an so eight, I think he was eight. Like, fair play to him. And he Fucking played TJ Detweiler on arguably the best Disney animated show of all time. Yeah, Recess. Yes. Um, um, still need to get on to him and, uh, and Jennifer. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'll do that today. I, look, here's here's a question now, just uh, to lead on from the, the whole alien, alien talk. If Zig and Zag are from the planet Zog... Why do they have Irish accents instead of, like, Bean accents? Well, Bean isn't from the planet Zog. That's why he's confused. Well, well, no, Alison said he... he's from the planet Zog. Well, Alison isn't an authority on Bean. She also said he was from Mars, and Kevin says he's from the moon, so, like, nobody's quite sure. But Bean, hmm. being an a- being possibly an alien, we're not possibly a fallen angel, possibly just a very disturbed human, uh... He's, you know, he's. It's possible he's aware of the planet Zog. Maybe the planet Beans from has communication with multiple other planets, including Zog, and so he's like, "Oh, are my friend Zig and Zag here?" But they're not. Or possibly he's just he's from the UK, so he's possibly, you know, caught some broadcasts from RTE, and he's aware <laughs> of it. Uh, uh, on a co- on a completely unrelated note, I'd like to point out that Gavin's currently watching the freakout scene. Uh, on nice. my couch, and he's <laughs> laughing himself silly. He's having a good time. As you do. <laughs> uh, I love the freakout scene. I love the freakout scene so much. This viewing, guys. This whole viewing, I was taking note the whole time of Peter McNichols' nuanced performance, and the fact that David is just the whole film just a man who seems like he is a, a just a hair away from either. Like going on a kill crazy rampage or just sinking into a suicidal depression. He is he's <laughs> always just on the knife's edge between the two, and he's just you get the sense that he's a man just barely holding his life together, and then Bean show Bean just slowly destroys his life, and then when he shows him Whistler's mother, it's like he pushes him into that off that fucking cliff of just oh Jesus, my life is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> just it's just so good. Peter McNichol, solid performance, ten out of ten. It, it like he's gonna get the Oscar it is, this year. It is. <laughs> it's it is genuinely one of my favorite like acting performances. Oh, it's, it's in not any my favorite. Film. To be like, it's so good. He's definitely it's he's so definitely surefire for the Oscar this year. Oh, definitely. He's gonna get it. 
Um, have we I ever have, considered I, the idea that Bean might actually be in a similar predicament that Tom Hanks was in when he played when, when he was in that movie Big? <laughs> when you say a similar predicament, do you mean like the same predicament as in he is a child? Yeah, but except I mean he was probably a bit younger than Tom Hanks as a, a t- child. Tom Hanks as when he became big Tom Hanks. He's probably a bit younger because he's a bit he's less verbal and a bit less with it. Interesting, considering he's been working at the gallery for fifteen years. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it happened fifteen years. Ago. It happened fifteen years ago. And he just hasn't like grown up at all since then. No, no. he's he's tree. Hasn't developed mentally. Yeah, but Tom Hanks at the end of Big, like he learns stuff. Hey, spoilers. he's capable of withholding information spoilers. in his yeah, head. Did. Well, this is Mr. Fucking Bean. Like, yeah, I mean, like he's a bit slow. Yeah, he was that's the point I'm making. It's just Mr. Fucking Bean. But think about it. Think about it. Like, if you, you know, if you had a child and you didn't interact them really with anyone for like three years, and then you place them in the modern working age at the age of like, you know, presenting as the age like thirty, like that, you know, their brain wouldn't be able to comprehend anything that's going on. So you'd probably like cause some serious like irreversible like damage there that was like you know you'd just probably never be able to kind of what am i saying i mean he seems pretty <laughs> versatile for a three-year-old considering that he knows how to like make coffee and stuff but well, well, does he got, know how to he's... make coffee he pours fucking boiling water in his mouth i don't really think he yeah but he, wasn't, he only did that because his mug broke yeah but we don't know what he was gonna do if the mug didn't break he probably yeah, still would have done gonna... that he knows how to drive a car <laughs> No, no, we I don't think, see him drive a I car. Think, we don't see him drive a car. I, Are we doing think, the extended cut? <laughs> I'm well. I'm I going the, off the theatrical. Sorry, Jack. One. I think the mug uh, could be read as like he was gonna eat the mug and then he drops on the floor. He's like, <laughs> oh fucking, I haven't hoovered a few days, so that's like ruined now. <laughs> so, <laughs> like that was his breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he could definitely be in a similar predicament to Tom Hanks because that's what happened to Tom Hanks in real life as well. Like that was ba- <laughs> big was his first movie, and then he kind of just kept making them from there. It was a documentary. Kevin's just after walking into the kitchen and grabbing his juice out of the fridge, and for a second I thought it was ketchup. <laughs> So, uh, I only took one more note. I've gone through most of them. I only have one more, and that is from both of the turkey scenes. And it's uh, it's Bean's hat, which I don't have anything particularly special to say about it. Just This is the first time it, I really took note that it is just a rolled-up newspaper with the word <laughs> chef written on it in crayon. Which is very yeah. cute. Yeah, when, like... <laughs> It is what, just a case of like he's seen chefs on TV and he knows they wear chefs hats. <laughs> I felt really bad in in that scene this week because obviously I saw the American version alongside the international version of the fucking turkey scene, and the fact that in like in the American version it makes a little more sense that he's put it on out of embarrassment because his head's all covered in fucking turkey innards, and it's like I genuinely felt bad for him because David looks at him like what the fuck are you doing? And fucking Sylvia gives him a bit of a like, 
oh, what's going on here? And he genuinely looks fucking mortified. He's like, oh, no. Like, this is the best I could do. I love that line from Peter Minnick Nickel when he says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> 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 I do know what you mean, though. I've it's like it is. My notes. It, it is very. It's very upsetting when B kind of tries to do something and it doesn't really go well, and you you can see the absolute fucking like just every ounce of self respect drip from his body. Um. Also, um. Just the, right, I'm watching the heist scene right now. Um. But just before that, he's in the. Uh. Naturally, he's getting ready for the heist scene. He's putting all his supplies in like a in a bag. Um, one thing I've never noticed before, like, obviously they want to show that he's bringing eggs, so they have the egg carton open, um, mm. but he's placing, like, the, the scene cuts to him placing, like, the last two eggs in the carton. Did he, like, take all the eggs out, then fit the <laughs> carton in the bag, and then put the eggs back in, or, like, what? Well, it is, it is possible that they, they just, uh, they had, say, an egg, an empty egg carton in the bin, and then the eggs were placed on some sort of rack, like, in our home, as both of you will be able to confirm, we've got, like, a separate uh, rack just for storing our eggs. Mm. Mm. I mean, partly that becomes because we raise chickens, and keeping all of our eggs in egg boxes wouldn't be particularly, uh, it would just be inconvenient. But th- th- it is I possible think... that... The Langley household just stores their eggs as such, and Bean just found, like, an empty egg box in the bin. Or, possibly, that Bean just has an empty egg box, because that's a Bean thing to have. Like, he's got a screwdriver in on him at all times. Of course he's mm. going to have an empty egg carton. Well, no, doesn't, he, th- doesn't the deleted scene show him get, putting the screwdriver on him at the, at the very start? Yeah, very start, but he's got to have it with him at uh, all oh. times. And I actually just remembered something else I noticed and on, in... Okay, first I'm going to say this. I think it's much more likely that Bean is still absolutely fucking hammered and he just had the e- he just put the eggs in his pockets and, and then he's just like, like oh wait no he's like no they'll crack and then put them back in the egg carton you know what yeah that's that's the best I, no, I like that I like the, that a lot. the best solution but um, also um, a thing that I noticed from the opening scene where we see uh, in the uh, deleted scenes where Bean stuffs his pockets with his screwdriver his and tools wrenches. Uh, uh, wrenches his pencil he also puts in a flashlight which reappears in the american the version scene. of the turkey scene and the heist scene uh mm. but in the turkey scene he shines up the turkey's ass uh so oh uh, yeah looking for his watch yep um during the heist scene when he uh is getting the poster um from the um i was about to say spoiler alert as if like <laughs> if you're listening this far I hope that you either don't care about spoilers or have seen the film um, he goes into the uh... by the way go watch this film if you haven't already it's really good I'm listening to the podcast up to episode 25 before watching any of the movies if you've done that I commend you um he when he goes into the like the storeroom to get the poster he uh he opens up a i don't know if he opens up the locker or if it's just like the little label above a locker but it says merchandise and newbies will think that that's where they keep the merchandise but real fans <laughs> will know that that's actually Walter merchandise's personal locker <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I also feel really bad for the security guard because the bathroom is pitch black when he goes in. <laughs> He's in there in complete darkness by himself. <laughs> uh, we're back in David's uh, house and point the fucking do you pool think, noodle, uh, the translucent pool noodle is there. <laughs> At what point do you think that the guard went to the hospital? He didn't. The, the fucking gallery opened. <laughs> how long first was he shitting before he was like, I should probably see a doctor? The, Someone the... must have found him in the morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd, say, like... I'd say the next security guard fucking came in to take over in the mor- first thing in the morning and they found him in there and they just called an ambulance. I don't know about you guys, but I am out of notes. Uh, I, I have one too. more thing to say on the. Uh, I think we've mentioned it before, but on the like steel door that's like uh, guarding Whistler's mother just before the uh, the speech. Obviously, her outline is there, but there's also just a little hand, <laughs> like the, the the outline of her body and like no features. But then, separate to everything else, is just <laughs> a hand, <laughs> like a severed hand, which is obviously a a, a throwback to uh, in David's house when he the way he has a, a severed hand on his mantelpiece. <laughs> I was gonna say because the hand is actually a very uh, important detail on the painting. You can see her. Uh, I, I believe you can see her wedding ring if you zoom in uh, close enough, which is, I believe, what the gold frame that uh, Whistler designed. I believe that's actually what it's meant to mirror. It's meant to mirror the ring on uh, her okay. finger. Um, I sorry, I think I'll, the. Oh, oh go on. I think the <laughs> severed hand is definitely a reference to Southland Tales by Richard Kelly. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> mailbag time. Mailbag time. <laughs> um, wait. Is it mailbag time? Oh, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. I just, I just saw Bean's weird clap. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? It's very strange. He's very proud of himself while he's doing it as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So, mailbag time. It's the mailbag, it's the mailbag, oh, fuck. It's the mailbag, it's the mailbag, it's the mailbag, yeah. Okay, so our first question is from Will Menton 3 who also uh, sent in a question last week. Uh, they ask, if I Know Nothing Okay wrote their Bean fanfic, would you do an episode on it? 100%. I feel like we've said this before. I feel like we're going in circles here, people. Please, please write the fanfic I mean, so we can fucking read it. I'm I'm going to say we wouldn't replace like a regular episode with it, but a bonus episode or maybe as, yeah. an exclusive as if, episode. As if we would replace a top funny episode with it. Come on. <laughs> okay, maybe a top funny episode. Yeah, maybe uh, a top but, funny episode. Please send but, but, in all or your maybe a, maybe we'll just do a dramatic reading slash commentary as like a, a Patreon. Uh, oh, I'd reward. love to do a table read of it. That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah. Yes. Send all your smutty fanfics. And that's our only question. So. Oh, uh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> onto the patrons. <laughs> okay, here we go. Good. Our first patron is Adam Redmond. Adam Redmond? (laughs) 
Adam Redmond. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, Rob. I'll catch up. Uh, Alright, uh, our second patron is Mrs. H. Our third patron is Jack Kavanagh, <laughs> and, and and our fourth patron is Andy Kinsella. So uh, if you want to be, if you want your name featured in this section, go to patreoncom pod. That is the word free. Uh, donate five dollars or more per month. You could donate as little as one dollar if you want, uh, or you can donate more. You'll get different rewards depending on your tiers. Uh, but yeah, do you want your name in this section? $5 or more per month. Patreon.com forward slash free bean salad pod. Salad Pod. Uh, we're on uh, Instagram at Three Bean Salad Pod. Uh, you can email us at Three Bean Salad Society at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash Three Bean Salad Boys. Um, you can. Uh, we play a lot of Transform Ice and, and Worms um, Reloaded. Uh, our username is Three Bean Salad Society Boys. Um, check us out on uh, Roblox we are at xxfreebean uh, true uh, exxx follow us on my anime list Um, our username is uh, David Langley uh, boy (laughs) follow Uh, us in the street Uh, our addresses are (laughs) 123 fake street Use our ExtraVision account to order movies. Our account num- our account name is 3BeanSalad. Our account number is 43167. There's a few points on our Dunn's loyalty card. If you'd like to, um, you might be able to pick yourself up a nice snack. Drop us your Venmos and cash apps. We will send you all the money we earn. <laughs> um, donate. Well, someone... Not guaranteed. Please revolute me your... <laughs> Your please. Woo! Adam Redman. You've got three more. Oh shit! Okay. That, it took that long just to do that one. So I mean, like, just edit them in in post. Wow! Wow! Uh, farewell. Mrs. H. Jack Kevin Andy Kinsella. <laughs> Fuck off. Mrs. H. Jack Kevin Andy Kinsella. Nice rhythm to that.
Hold on, did we ever establish what the fuck part man, part machine meant? <laughs>